0: Looking for your next TV show or movie to binge? Well, buckle up, grab the remote, and settle into your couch for this special edition of Crossing the Streams. We're here to help you tune in and get the most out of those 50 monthly streaming channels you're currently paying for. So without any further ado, here's your host of Crossing the Streams, Jeff Dwoskin.
1: Heyo, it is I, Jeff Dwoskin, your host from Classic Conversations, bringing you this bonus episode focused in on live segments from our live show, Crossing the Streams, where we answer the universal question, What should I be binge watching next? You just finished something. You got to do something else. You've come to the right place. We've got the answers. We have over 80 hours streaming on our YouTube channel. Check us out on YouTube. But you're in luck. You don't have to go anywhere right now to get three suggestions streamed right to your ears. Barry, Black Crab, and Bathtubs Over Broadway coming at you right now. These are live segments pulled right from our live show, banter with a bunch of people talking about TV shows, sort of in the style of you are hanging with your friends at the bar or wherever you hang and they're telling you all about a show they just watched so that you can watch it too. You'll get a feel right away. Let's kick it off with Christine Blackburn, our special guest on episode 79 from Storyworthy and her brand new podcast, My Life in Three Songs. Christine's going to talk all about Barry. Take it away, Christine. We're going to do Barry, the uh, HBO Barry. classic in the making. And uh, welcome to the show, Christine. This is your
2: debut. Go wow. for it. Wow. Oh, come on. Well, come on, bring it.
0: This is exciting. And if I have to talk about a television program. And this is the one, Barry. I'm sure a lot of you guys have seen it already. They just finished and uh, have put up on HBO the third season. I know there's going to be a fourth season. So that's exciting. And, uh, you know, it's it's a drama, but it's also very funny. So I would say it's a it's a black comedy and it's written and developed by Alec Berg and also Bill Hader. Started out in uh, two thousand eighteen, and basically it follows around Bill Hader, who plays a character named Barry Barry Berkman, and Barry is from Cleveland. He's also a Afghanistan veteran who is a lot of ps ps uh, ptsd pt. <laughs> Anyway, he's stressed out. And uh, for money, he's a hitman. He's a hitman on the side. And so he has a couple of hitmen that he works with. One includes the actor Stephen Root, who is just tremendous. I don't know if you guys remember Stephen Root, all the way back to he's like great. office space. You know, he played the he's one. In the great office- in everything. Yeah, with the stapler, and he had the little scene, and he, yeah. you know, had to go down into the office in the basement behind, you know, the the heater, and be, you know. Anyway, great guy. He would say, uh, "I like to listen to my radio at a very low volume." I, that I time neighbor
1: like, they, they promised me a piece of cake. <laughs> I, I was told yes, I could actually, have. I received I received <laughs>
0: <laughs> and he plays the I, character I Monroe F- Funches, Funches, Fuches. And uh, then the other big character in it is a character named Noho Frank. And Noho Hank, excuse me, Noho Hank. And he's played by Anthony Kerrigan. He's the bald guy. I think he has um, a certain condition where there's no hair on him. Do you guys know what I'm talking about?
1: Alopecia. Alopecia. There you
0: go. There you go.
1: Yeah, and, made famous at the last Academy Awards. Yes, oh, yeah. that's well, true. Yeah. oh,
0: that's right. That's right. Of course. And anyway, he is such a wonderful actor. Oh my gosh. So between Noho Hank and um, the Steven Root character, you know, that's, those are two of the drug dealers. And so Barry, like I said, this guy from Cleveland, he goes out to Los Angeles to do this hit. And the hit happens to be a kid who's in acting class. So now Barry as the hitman has to join the acting class in order to in- infiltrate it, as it were, and then kill this person. So that the whole thing that he has to kill somebody, that's even not really important. He kills many, many people in this, in this series. Cause again, he's a hitman. But the acting class that he joins is being taught by a guy named Cusimano, and he's played by Henry Winkler. And what happens is is Bill Hader, Barry, finds it in his heart that he loves acting. Like, that's all he wants to do. He doesn't want to be a hitman anymore. He wants to put that life behind him. He just really does want to be an actor. And he falls in love with a beautiful (laughs) girl named Sally S. Sally Reed, and that's played by Sarah Goldberg. And so he, you know, gets a relationship going with her. And so this is, like I said, this has been three seasons now. and this last season that just wrapped up, I just finished watching it, eight episodes. You know, it was just so good and so funny. Like it's so dark. The dialogue is incredibly humorous, even though they're doing these very disturbing things. It's very funny in a breaking bad kind of way, for sure. And in this past season, there was an amazing car chase that included these motorcycles and People are talking about it. I don't know if you guys have talked to anybody or heard anybody talking about Barry and the car chase. I'm telling you, it was so cool. Picture a car dealership, like a like a Toyota, Toyota car dealership or whatever. You know how there's like the roof and there'll be like one roof and then it goes up a little bit and then there's more cars up there. So yeah. There's cars all along the one layer and then it goes up and there's more cars up there. And uh, anyway... In one scene, these motorcycles are chasing him and they jump up to the roof like via maybe a, you know, whatever, ramps his way up. Maybe it was a garbage bin, then a car. Next thing you know, the motorcycle guy's on one roof and then he jumps and now he's on the other roof. It's almost like the motorcycle is jumping buildings. It's so fun. Anyway, you guys, uh, big ending here in season three. The good news is I know that it's coming back. So... You know, it will be back. I'm telling you, it's getting all kind of critical acclaim. It was up for 30. It was nominated for 30 Emmy Awards. So it's one of those big, big shows you don't want to miss. Kind of like an Ozark or a Breaking Bad.
1: I, started, I started it. I didn't stop it because I didn't like it. I just, I don't know. I must have got distracted and, some, and, and didn't go back. Or maybe something else kind of did it. But I loved it when I watched it. Finally, Henry Winkler wins a... Yeah. Uh, uh, was it an Emmy? He got the Emmy finally.
0: So hmm. smart, yeah. Oh, he's so good in it. It's very exciting.
1: So I, there was uh, NoHo Hank. I, some trivia on this: I found I uh, was originally meant to die in the pilot. Wow! But they they loved him so much that they uh, they kept his character. He's just
0: one of those very likable guys, a very likable killer, you know.
1: And then I was I read also it said uh, that they were. Writing it, and they're like, do you think a show about a hitman could be funny? And then uh, Bill Hader's like, well, what if it was me? (laughs) (laughs) All right, so we love it. This is on HBO Max. There's now three full seasons in it. Let's see what we got here. Oh, Jerry got HBO Max just for Barry. So there you go. And then, wait. (laughs) Oh, man, I don't know. Casey, I don't, maybe left. I don't know. Oh, here we go. Here we go. Christine, no-how convinced. <laughs> All <laughs> right, you did it. That's a pretty rock salad. You're Thank off to a rock salad I mean rewriting the entire thousand. theme song. I mean, it's like you're just you're on fire. Wow, I'm excited. You are on fire. Wow, I know seriously. so many
2: people sorry that are just epically like uh like completely berry maniacs. So there's something about this show that the people that it connects with, it really connects with. And they become absolutely dedicated to the show. So I,
1: I got to get back into it. Because it's only like a 30-minute show, right?
0: Yeah, it's not long at yeah. all. It never ends. It ends way too fast. Oh, every yeah, time. There's also yeah. in this last season, by the way, kind of this nod to The Sopranos. You know, where all of a sudden it was like when Tony was dreaming and he was up in Asbury Park. And on the boardwalk, same mm-hmm. kind of thing, right? So now Bill Hader's kind of dreaming. Barry's dreaming. And next thing you know, he's on this big, vast beach and the whole thing goes like the black and white, and he sees all these people that he's killed. You know what I mean, kind of. So anyway, it's it's for every episode is like a small
1: movie. All right, well, we're gonna check it out. That's awesome. All right, that was HBO's Barry. Thank you, Christine. Sounds like one we should all be checking out if you're not already. Up next, Ron is taking us into the world of Black Crab. Take it away, Ron. black crab yeah gonna talk us through black crab yeah
2: and let's let's check one of the boxes right off the bat this is on netflix ladies and gentlemen this is another algorithm suggested to me based on the depths and darkness of my soul they know who i am and they know what to serve me up so here we are with (laughs) the black crab uh i had no idea what this thing was i i I turned it on because i do know nomi rapaz do you guys know who nomi rapaz is Oh, yeah, fantastic actress. Naomi uh, Rapass is a Swedish actress, very famous for what, CRP?
1: Uh, well, I mean, she recently did... Uh, no. the, the Girl from- with oh, the it.
2: Dragon Tattoo. Oh, my, drag- there yes. you go. Yeah, oh. She's, She's oh. the original... Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's the original girl with the dragon tattoo. And yeah, she's original the original Lisbeth. Yeah, the original Lisbeth. So in the original Swedish, before they did that horrendous monstrosity in English, uh the the about <laughs> uh, really ori- <laughs> Right. The original version was was uh, was excellent. So I, I'm like, okay. So if No Impost is going to be in this thing, I don't know anybody else. Adam Berg is the writer and director of this. He's never done anything. Uh Netflix did fund this thing, they produced it. So if Netflix is gonna give this guy a first time director and writer, a whole bag of money, and put Nomi Rapaz in front of it? Sure. I'll watch it. Why not? What's uh, What's an hour and 45 minutes between friends, right? So I'll just give you the backdrop. It is a dystopian situation I think in Sweden. They never really say. There are forces of good and evil. You don't know which side you're on, but uh, they refer to uh, who it is they are facing throughout the movie as purely the enemy, which I think is very interesting and calculated. And whoever side they are on, and Nomi Ripas, uh is on the side of Good. Apparently, they are losing the war very, very badly. And the movie begins with her being conscripted into the military by uh, uh, losing her daughter by force. And then this, then the movie begins essentially. From the moment she kind of appears on screen now as a soldier, whereas a moment ago she was a mother uh, losing her daughter. Uh, So you don't know what happened in between there. Uh, You just know that she's been through some shit and that she's got to uh, figure out uh, how best to find and care for this daughter that is no longer with her. They're losing the war. They're all dying. uh, Soldiers left and right are, are losing. And so she is pulled into a very special unit that is going to change the course of humanity. And the way it is going to change the course of humanity is she is going to deliver a package, which you don't know what this package is. I'm telling you this, this movie has a lot of hidden secrets (laughs) and they don't tell you shit. They don't tell you anything in this movie. She's going to be delivering this package, which somehow is going to turn the tide of this war. The only problem is that where she's delivering the package is this remote island that is only available on uh, over ice and the ice won't support cars or trucks or military vehicles it will just report uh, support people on ice skates turns out nomi rapaz is a heck of a skater i had no idea so these six people who they've selected for this mission carry off uh, on ice skates from the mainland uh, over uh, hundreds of miles they're skating on this ice and face every kind of calamity you can think of and it kind of does the whole uh hunger games kind of thing where you start with six and then it's five and then it's four right like the the team gets smaller and smaller and smaller as terrible things happen this is a very upbeat movie right and then they finally get to the island but not before they get too curious to figure out what the hell is this package. They finally decide they're going to look at, even though they were told very specifically, don't look at what the package is. They look at what the package is and they were, are able to assess. It is a biological weapon designed to kill everybody on earth. And that's how they're going to, that's how their side of good is going to win the war. So... Uh, I will not wreck the story about what ends up happening in case any of you guys have any interest based on all this wonderful back story that I've just shared with you. But I will just say this. It does not end in a way that's going to make you sleep well at night. And uh, this is a, a dark gray movie that it takes you for a ride. It's a very cold movie based in Sweden, I'm assuming, uh, with most of the movie actually uh, in the snow and ice mm. and cold. So it's one of those kinds of movies you've seen these before and uh, there's not a lot of warmth to it in in in, in any in any kind of measure. So I will just say this. It's an exhausting ride. Uh, it's not a lot of fun. Uh, it's, but did you enjoy it? Hold on, I'm getting I'm getting there. Give me a second. It's, it the the payoff is not as good as they wanted it to be because they're, not te- because, because they're not telling you what you need to know. This is the thing. Mm. When, when movies are like this where they set it up as a lot of secrets and they don't tell you everything, you have to have a payoff where things are revealed. Mm-hmm. And guess what? Nothing is really revealed in this movie, other than other than what the package they were carrying, which was, I guess, they were counting on to be the big reveal and to kind of carry a, carry them the rest of the way. Uh, not so much boys and girls. It uh, you still don't know who the sides are. You don't know what really happened. You don't know how this thing really gets gets sealed up in any kind of uh, meaningful way. But I will just say it holds your attention. the The visual way this movie uh, plays out is beautiful. It's, it's a stellar production in terms of the way they photographed it. And and I think the the way the chore, uh, choreography was excellent. And Nomi Rapace is fantastic. She carries the movie. That's obviously why they hired her for this movie. But it's got gaps. I'm not going to lie. It has gaps. But I will say it is a trip. And it is an interesting movie. Uh, it's all, I should have mentioned this on the front end. Uh, it's in Swedish. So the whole movie subtitled. Oh, wow. So if you like the the original Girl with the Dragon Tattoo, it has that same kind of vibe, just not as good. So, yeah. but check it out. I, I really think it is an interesting movie. I'm glad I watched it. I thought The Path was good enough. For me to have felt the time was well spent, uh, but it is an interesting movie to watch, and because of that, I I recommend it.
1: Well, it's not the first movie to not reveal something, right? Castaway, you never know what's in the FedEx box. That's true. Pulp
2: Fiction, you never know what's in the
1: briefcase. Mm-hmm. So it's That's a trope. It's a trope.
2: It, it, it is. It is a trope. The filing down of the main character six five four three two one. You know, get, getting down. Like I thought, that was a very tired method. Right. Well, and were the characters even interesting enough? Did you care as they started to die? No. Oh, man. Yeah. I mean, well, then, yeah, there's no point to it. You you care about, they set the movie up beautifully between her and her daughter. You care about them, but then she's surrounded by all these characters that you don't care about. And they focus a lot of time trying to make you care about them when you really don't. And you're really more <laughs> interested in getting back to the the tale of where the heck is her daughter and how in the heck is she going to get her back? That's it's, it's a week. And how does a, that work conclusion. with, how does that work with a device that's supposed to kill all human life? I don't, fair why would I care about yeah. her daughter? Fair <laughs> that be co- my question. F- fair question. Trying to therapy. get people
1: to care about people you didn't kill. if, if all you have to do is watch The Walking Dead and know that doesn't work.
2: <laughs> <True>. <laughs> like... But yeah, hey, listen, I'll just say this. It's it It's interesting. It's it's Swedish. It, it, I think they do. The style of the movie, you can tell, is very European. It's a different style of movie that makes it interesting. I'll just now, say that. As
1: many times as you mentioned Swedish, is that an important driving factor in this? Is that, is that a I, grading character? To, I, they make great I, pop music. Listen,
2: I think they, they make great cheap furniture, and uh, I'm and in it, favor of that. The The meatballs fish. are excellent but you never saw furniture or meatballs in this
1: movie (laughs) yeah (laughs) Yeah, fish too i guess the fish is a little boring but (laughs) neither of those all right well that was good all right so Uh, you do recommend it
2: though i do i do recommend it check it out and i'm interested in your opinion
1: all right black crab kind of a toss-up i mean he gave the pros and the cons so you're gonna have to decide on your own for that one up next, though, there's no deciding. If you listened to episode 156 earlier this week, you know I love bathtubs over Broadway more than life itself. Maybe I'm getting a little dramatic. Anyway, I'm taking you through this one. Enjoy. All right, I'm excited. I'm excited to uh, introduce you guys to this documentary. Oh, bathtubs so good. over. I'm Broadway. looking forward to this. Okay, so bathtubs over Broadway is. Ninety minutes of goodness, so it falls into the category of it's just long enough, doesn't overbloat itself, and just to give you an idea, when I watched this, my wife interrupted me, and I snapped. You know, you know, you know what I mean. Like, you know how like you're focused, and the person interrupts you and doesn't know you're focused. Like, yes. That's how much I want. I needed to get back to this documentary. Okay, so this documentary, Bathtubs Over Broadway, it's not too old. It's just a few years old, two thousand eight. If premiered at the Tribeca Film Festival, and was one of the top Tribeca picks by De Niro himself. I just so, read that. <laughs> so I, it was directed by Dava Weisnet, who... She won the Tribeca Films Award for this and Best New Documentary Director. It's won a mm-hmm. ton of awards, ton of awards. So what this Bathtubs Over Broadway is, it starts with The David Letterman Show, and it's focused on Steve Young, who was a writer for The David Letterman Show for 25 years. Hmm. And the documentary basically follows him. It's, this is his story. And so while he was at The Letterman Show... He gets there. One of the people gets fired. He ends up in their office. There's a pile of records. And what's this? Well, maybe you'll take this over. Dave does a bit called funny records or something, right? <laughs> and so what the bit was is Dave Letterman would play records that were obscure and silly, like a, you know the Shatner records or Nimoy singing and stuff like that. And they would find these different things. So Steve Young would then you know become part you know, go to record stores and try to look for records for the bit. And so while he's doing this, he uncovers this entire genre called industrial musicals, okay? Mm-hmm. Now, an industrial musical, basically if you picture like if you go to a sales meeting like one of those giant sales meetings and there's presentations right well in the 50s 60s and 70s these were huge what they would do is they would do full on broadway style shows about, like, just to give you an idea, here's some names of the shows. It was called Follow the Road, Dominion Road Machinery and Company, Diesel Dazzle, the Detroit Diesel Engine Division, <laughs> My Insurance Man by this Continental Insurance Company. And so, my, uh, the bathrooms are coming. This is considered the classic. <laughs> now, just to give you an idea, they are. Just to give you an idea, like, my, the, these musicals were written, but some of these musicals were written by the people that wrote Fiddler on the Roof. Oh, right, yeah. these starred people, people involved with these involved included Bob Fosse, Newhart, Martin Short, Dom DeLuise, Cheetah Rivera, Tony Randall, Florence Henderson. So, like, these were huge names, and they would go, and these would be all out. Like, just to give you an idea, like Chrysler say could spend three million dollars on one of these uh, one of mm. these productions. An actual Broadway show uh, may only have half a million dollars, right? Okay. So what happened was he Steve Young starts going to these record stores and the only living record literally of these shows were the souvenir things that the marketing department would create? They'd create an LP and they'd hand it to people as they left, right? Hmm. Thinking they would go home and they'd listen to the. Because keep in mind, these are all songs about, like if it's a, uh, you know, a dishwasher, i <laughs> yeah. would be like, be like yeah. how to fix the, There might be an entire yeah. oh, song about God. how to fix a dishwasher or why their Brilliant. dishwashers are the best. And this is how they were Brilliant. teaching it. Through the like the my bathrooms one, that's like I'm gonna. It's like yeah. my bathroom is a <laughs> special kind of place. You know what I mean? So anyway, so Steve Young starts finding all of these, all of these records, and then they start making fun of some of them on the show. But then he becomes obsessed with this genre. <laughs> they called industrial music. So he wrote a book. Uh, about 2013-ish called Everything is Coming Up Profits, The Golden Age of Industrial Musicals. And so that book then became the basis for this documentary. And the documentary not only talks about his kind of obsession with this collection, but it then goes deeper where he would go and find the people that were part of these, that wrote these songs. Now, keep in mind, these were things that were like the normal people like us never were supposed to know existed. Right. So he's uncovering these things. You have people that would create these things and then that was their life, their legacy. Right. And then right. it was just, nobody knew it existed. <laughs> so he would go and he would find the people that were starring in this. And occasionally they would have a full video of the production or like, you know, full you know, record and stuff. And, and so, I mean to the point where and this is a, it's a touching part of the story like some of the people he connected with he ended up speaking at their memorials yeah <laughs> and it was wow. uh and so it's like it's a re- it became a real deep connection that he had with this and it's it's just fascinating. It was just I love every second of
2: it. So I, I'm trying you know, I, I thought I followed along with this. So there was a time where you could go to a theater on Broadway and No, no no, 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 no.
1: You would go to let's say like your ahead. big
2: corporate annual meeting. Yeah, and calling okay. out the new product line or just like well, we're celebrating that's, how that's
1: great that's what we are. I thought. But I thought yeah. they were doing that in a theater on Broadway. They were doing like a product launch.
0: They were doing well, they, may may they may have done a show, right? Yeah, right. I mean they, they may have April. they may have actually banquet hall or something? They may have actually
1: gotten a big hall because these were like full-on productions. But it would be like a very closed thing. If it was, uh, these are the Burger King, Ragu, Ford, Pure Oil, John Deere, Miller Detroit Diesel, like all these companies would do it. So it'd be real closed off. So just like any sales organization, no one outside of that room would ever see it. Probably half that company didn't even know it existed, right? Right. Most people probably took those
2: records home and just (laughs) threw them in the garbage. So just that these exist at all, these these, this Era well, of this er- right. era and of these weird shows that they would do i'm doing a deep video search and you there's there's video some video
1: of some of these back in the seven they were doing them up until the 80s right, and mm-hmm. some, right, some right, 80s, right. like there's one called seeing the light for the industrial energy <laughs> industrial energy conference of 1978 um, it's just it's really it's really really yeah. fascinating you can get this on uh i think it's on amazon also i watched it on netflix i think it's on itunes too but definitely mm-hmm watch it on netflix and stuff it is good definitely good one a jerry really Chacon said you had him at my bathroom as a special place <laughs> <laughs> i think he's in his bathroom watching so. us <laughs> yeah, i gotta I, check that out that's so weird i love it it's <laughs> it's just one of those things that like like the records themselves uh, you know when you find out this documentary exists it's like just fascinating it's just so <laughs> cool. so fun so fun <laughs> All right, Bathtubs Over Broadway. You know I love that documentary, episode 156 of Classic Conversations. I have an entire episode with Steve Young, the focus of that documentary, so check that out as well, and the documentary, Bathtubs Over Broadway. That was from episode 66 of Crossing the Streams, which is on our YouTube channel. We also covered Black Crab from episode 67 of the live show, and from episode... Seventy-nine, of Crossing the Streams. Christine Blackburn took us through Barry. So it sounds like you got a lot of homework for the upcoming week. So I'm gonna let you go. Go grab your favorite spot on the couch, grab the remote, cross your own streams, and I'll see you next time.
0: Thanks for listening to this special edition of Crossing the Streams. Visit us on YouTube for full episodes and catch us live every Wednesday at 9.30 p.m. Eastern time. Now turn this off and go watch some TV. And don't forget to tell your family you'll be busy for a while.